It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, that was fun. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into a reaction edition of Locked On Auburn. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Daryl Daprich. Montgomery radio legend hanging out with me as he does after every single one of these. And this may be the most fun one that we do. Arkansas couldn't stop Auburn's trash offense. Auburn scores 48. They win 48 to 10 in the most complete game, Daryl, the most complete game Auburn has played in years. Daryl Daprich in years. What an incredible game for the Tigers from start to finish. Yeah, I was kind of feeling that way <clears throat> watching the game that I was going to comment on that and say this is the most complete and as, as well as Auburn's played in three or four years. And I'm not being over dramatic or over emotional. I think that, you know, you go back and look. And look, here's the thing. I'm going to get this right out of the way right now. <clears throat> People will say, calm down, it's Arkansas. Okay, I get that. But Auburn has not looked this good at home against group of five teams in the last three years, other than Akron or someone like that or Alabama State. Auburn went on the road against an SEC opponent. And the reason why the atmosphere wasn't crazy or rabid or chaotic is because Auburn took that away and took it away early. Normally, Reynolds Stadium is a tough place to play and a tough place to get a W. It is. Yeah. Auburn's played well there. Give them credit. They've played really well in Fayetteville. But the reason why the crowd was so apathetic and so quiet was because of Auburn. 21 nothing, and you start sitting on your hands, and you get very, very quiet. So give Auburn – it was a complete, complete – special teams, offense, balance on offense, and defense. There wasn't anything, anything that Auburn didn't do at a high level to last night. Yeah, I, I just love everything that Auburn's doing offensively. <laughs> Uh, as far as their pursuit for running the football. And obviously the comment about the trash offense was a dig at um at John Neighbors, host of Locked On Razorbacks. That's what he said um about Auburn's offense on our crossover last week. But when you look at what Auburn was able to do, and Daryl, we talked about this on the Friday show. In fact, a lot of the things we talked about on the Friday show is exactly what happened. But there was a there was a narrative that popped up last week that Arkansas can stop the run. And they, they can't. Like in conference play, they're not really doing that. And what Auburn did to them on the ground was crazy. 354 yards on the ground. And it was kind of balanced, right? I mean, Jarquez had 100. Peyton had 88. Damari had 64. Batty had 42. Robbie had two solid runs. Like, I mean, there was just so much Auburn did on the ground and it was just a lot of different things. And, and they talked about it in the TV broadcast a little bit, Derek Mason did, about they'd hit you inside, they'd hit outside, and there's just so much coming at you that Arkansas, they couldn't stop it. This offensive line, Daryl, is getting better over the course of the season. Auburn's running backs are getting better over the course of the season. Auburn's quarterback play is getting better over the course of the season, and these pass catchers are starting to figure things out and get better over the course of the season. Hugh Freeze said, they remember what you do in November. 
And so far, November is the month where Auburn has played their best football, and it's been too long since we've been able to say that. Bird's eye view of this and just kind of taking a big snapshot is that when we started talking about what Auburn's season, how it could play out, again, I'll give you credit. This has gone chalk for exactly what you've said. I thought Auburn would have gotten one of those four in the middle four. But remember early in the year when people scoffed at you and laughed at you for saying that Arkansas was going to be the biggest game? Well, it is as of right now. It is. The biggest win. Yeah, yeah, a biggest win. I still think that the potential could be there for obviously Alabama to be the biggest win. But if it doesn't go the way – if it goes chalk, this is a big win because of what it does setting up the rest of the year. If Auburn takes care of business against New Mexico State, and we'll talk about the bowl hierarchy later, how this really in a pecking order of things, just it's so much fun to be bowl eligible with two games left to go and know you could only improve your bowl standing. And look, fun fact. We've suffered through a lot the last two years, you and I doing these things together. Some heartbreaking losses, coaching changes, the great potato famine of 2022. We have done 22 of these reaction shows, and we have finally got back to 500. Auburn is 11 and 11 in these reaction shows. So praise God that we can have so much fun. And, you know, look. For anybody out there that listens and watches this show, how fun was it to sit there in the third quarter and be freaking relaxed for a (sighs) chance? That was the most fun, Daryl. That was the most fun I've had watching a football game in years. It's like, okay, who's going to play? Who's going to get snaps? You know, is Auburn's defense going to give up a touchdown or not? It was just so nice to have it in hand in the third quarter and relax and enjoy it. Yeah. I love it. And so it's been been a, a, a really a celebratory night tonight. It has. It has been. I mean, it it got to the point where we could discuss, like, is it going to be Holden or is it going to be Robbie? Oh, it was Robbie. Oh, no, Robbie threw a pick. Okay, is it Holden going to be next? Oh, it was Holden. I mean, there was just – it got to that point where, like, that was the story of the game. Because Auburn just – let's just be real here. On both sides of the football, Auburn just lined up and beat the crap out of Arkansas. They were more physical. They were more athletic. And let's just be honest. I mean, there was so much talk about the quarterback matchup between between KJ Jefferson and Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne was much better than KJ Jefferson was on Saturday night, both yeah. with his legs and with his arm. And, and and I'm not actually sold that the entire supporting cast was that much different. I just think Auburn was a better team. They probably wanted it more. They were probably playing for more. I don't know. There's a million things that went into it, but. Something you said, I think this now kind of opens this box of hope for this Auburn program, for the Auburn coaching staff, for the Auburn fans. New Mexico State, it is what it is. We'll talk about that game probably Thursday and Friday. It's going to be more of a big picture week on the show. But when you look at it, and Auburn believes in themselves going into an Iron Bowl at home, anything is possible. Well, they are in, if they beat New Mexico State and continue and win four in a row, they are in as good a spot that they've been in since 2019 playing the Iron Bowl. Because again, in 2021, as good as that game was and having to go to double overtime, Auburn was coming off, I think, three losses in a row. They were reeling. They were free-falling. If you go into a game winning four in a row Mm. at home, there's a belief there 
that is palpable. It's different. It's different. It was there in 17. It was there in 19. And make no mistake about it. I'll repeat it. I don't care that it was Arkansas. This is about Auburn and how Auburn played. And it's tough to beat a group of five team by 38 at home and play that complete of a football game. Auburn went on the road. Look, this, the quarterback that a lot of people thought, <clears throat> some of the Arkansas guys that had their chest poked out at media days and acted like Auburn was in a different stratosphere than Arkansas, which just absolutely boggled the mind. Those people that thought K.J. Jefferson was the next cam, he was sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter, and it was due not to injury. Auburn forced that. They, they took him out of the football game because there was nothing left for him to play for, and so he was on the sidelines, and they went. It's it's comparable to pulling the goalie in a blowout in a hockey game. It's like you're done. Sit over here on the bench. No point in getting you hurt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's a brutal scene. It's a brutal it's scene. A statement is what it is, and you come mm-hmm. back and make another do it. Just take care of business next Saturday. You're riding high in as good a position as you've been in since 2019 to play that Iron Bowl. Yeah, Auburn fans. If somebody ever kind of pokes you for being excited about any of these wins on this winning streak, remind them that odds are the person who's poking you about it talked up Mississippi State beforehand, talked up Vandy beforehand, because Auburn fans certainly did both of those things. And then we just heard throughout the entire conference about how good Arkansas was because they had all these one-score losses under their belt, and they beat Florida. But that's Stop. relevant. That's Stop. relevant to my argument, though. That's why I even feel like I'm not this is more. You, no, this is why this is even more of a – Yeah, it's a big win because look at what Arkansas has done to this point. They've not got blown out. The, the team that everybody is penciling into the playoffs right now from the West that just won the Western Division last night beat this team by three points. I'm not comparing scores. I'm just saying – Nobody has blown Arkansas out. Nobody. They've been in every game except Auburn. Well, somebody now has uh, exactly has blown Arkansas out. <clears throat> yeah, forty-eight to ten. Can't stress that enough. All right, I want to talk about some of the defensive moments that that stood out to me, that stood out to you, Daryl, as well. All that's coming up on the special reaction edition of Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. Daryl, you've used LinkedIn Jobs to hire for your company. And uh, look, maybe Sam Pittman may need LinkedIn jobs. So tell them how great it is. Man, it's it, we, we had to go get two key positions, a welding position and a shipping clerk, and just didn't do it with the traditional put it out there on the internet or put it on social media. We used LinkedIn. We got somebody that was certified and was both candidates were, were good candidates. And it's what we were looking for. And we felt like a lot of the legwork, Zach, was done for us. And that's important. When you get to the interview process, you feel like there's already been a lot of homework done. And so that's why we enjoy using LinkedIn and it's been beneficial for us. Yeah. Yeah. So be sure to post LinkedIn jobs. There's a chance Sam Pittman may, uh, may apply for your posting. Um, We'll certainly see, but LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, 
Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. We talked about, uh, okay, who could have their career game on the defensive side of the ball? We both said Jalen McLeod, and we were correct. Three sacks. I think he got credited with nine ta- nine total tackles, six of them solo, four tackles for a loss. He forced a fumble. <laughs> he, had, he took over the game at, at during spurts of it. He was incredible. He really was. He We had heard he was getting healthier, and that's important, right? He wasn't playing in 100%. Right early in the year. And you could see this building. It was building and it was building from week to week. So it was a pretty slam dunk pick because you could see it coming from a mile away, kind of like we could see it with VAR coming from a mile away. As these guys got healthier, it was a health issue. We knew that they were going to start playing to their potential. He was a he was absolutely a menace coming off the end. Auburn had what five total sacks and he had three, that's really – that's what you need from your edge. That and, and give McAllister credit, who looked, you know, like the part of what Auburn was trying to get when they got needed another edge rusher from Vanderbilt. Made a really great play, jump, just jumping over the blocker in the air. So, yeah, and McLeod went off the defense. We felt like they were going to be very, very effective against this offensive line, and they were in – they were disruptive – and give KJ Jefferson credit because a, a guy that doesn't go down, a, a, a normal quarterback that doesn't go down like 100%. that, Auburn gets two or three more, totally. right? So right. in the backfield, all game creating havoc. Just hats off to that defensive front. Yeah, I mean the front seven was that Eugene Asante was all around them too, and they didn't necessarily bring him down because KJ plays so big, like you were saying, Daryl. But still, just impacting it. He couldn't throw the ball. It, it was, I mean, it was awesome. Marcus Harris. Right. Had a few mm. plays where he just took over and they, they couldn't do anything about it. Marcus impacted more the run game, it seemed like, than the past Did he cause the fumble, though? I mean, I think he caused the fumble. He that, ended up with it. Did he cause it? No, I think I'm talking about the Wooden fumble was Wooden's the one that ended up with it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it. Harris caused he, that. Yeah. He, he, Auburn didn't give it to him. They only have Jalen McLeod and Zion Puckett with a forced fumble, but. Wow. Okay. They don't always nail that, so I don't. I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know. Uh, but regardless, I mean, just two incredible, two incredible standout performances. I think on Auburn's defensive front. And look, going into the season, we talked about the two biggest concerns for this team were wide receiver, and I still think that's kind of out there, and then the pass rush. And I'm okay with what the pass rush has done up to this point now. And it's getting, once again, we talked about all the offensive production that's getting better over the course of the season. Pass rush certainly has. Linebacker certainly has. Defensive back's been good, but I think they're looking better because other pieces around them are performing at a higher level. But this team, man, this team, I'm just really, like, I'm happy they got this. Like, it looked like they were having so much fun. A lot of videos coming out of the locker room, you know, the few minutes afterwards. I'm just I'm, I'm glad they got to celebrate this because this is really stinking cool. You don't get to just blow out teams in the SEC on the road 48 to 10 very no, often. You don't. So no. and shout I out mean, to this- Heather Dennis, who who was right about I think the receiving room. But I want to make this point. We said at the beginning of the year 
If Auburn's receivers struggle, Fairweather can pick up the slack and mask some of that inadequacy in the receiving room yeah. if you throw to him. And that's what's happening. He's become the target inside the 15, the touchdown maker Fairweather has. And, and so that's fine. I don't care if it's a tight end. I don't care if it's a running back because the receiving room is struggling right now. Whoever is effective to throw it to and gets you touchdowns, and Fairweather has stepped up and kind of taken that mantle, yeah. I think. Yeah, Fairweather has five receiving touchdowns on the season. That is the most for an Auburn tight end since Lutzi did it in 2011. He had seven in 2011. So we'll see if Fairweather can tie or beat that. He's got two, maybe three more games to do it, assuming yeah. he plays in the bowl game. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and the Auburn receiver room is interesting because I actually don't think it's as bad as I did. They're just all the good players play the same positions and they have nobody on the outside that exactly. I think they feel good about. Amen. That's um, the because, problem. You can't, because you can't, I mean, I, they had to run Javaris Johnson on an out route that mm -hmm. normally an outside receiver runs that route as a slot guy. And he made a great catch and Peyton Thorne put it right on him because earlier the two earlier drives that hit Brown in the hands and the chest both times tough, tough on an watch. out where you get to a stick route where you get past the the, the uh, first down marker, and he dropped both of them. So, oh. and give Jay Fair credit, who made a really nice play on that swing pass and got his absolute bell rung out of bounds on the targeting yeah. call and came back in the game and played. But he looked good e evading some outside guys on that route as well. Yeah, I think they feel good about Jay Fair. I think they feel good about Javaris Johnson, and I think they feel good about Caleb Burton. Oh, who made a great play to start the game. He kind of set the tone how on huge, offense. I mean, how huge that was! Forty-five yards right out of the shoot and mm -hmm. gra grabbed it below his knees. Um, nice play and set the tone for the day offensively. It was a great job. Yeah, that opening drive by Auburn was I mean, a Picasso. It, 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 beautiful. It, it deserves to be hung on a wall somewhere in the Louvre, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be somewhere. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Cam Brown drops these thing like. You can't do that. You can't do that. And I don't know how they fix it. I don't know if you just put Rivaldo at outside receiver more than you are currently outside of the red zone. I don't know. But it just seems like anytime they throw it to an outside receiver, it's like a wasted, it's like a wasted pass at this yeah. point. And it stinks. I like I hate it for all these guys. Yeah. And I don't think Hooks was targeted again. He's no, out there. He wasn't. He he wasn't. He's out there, but you know he wasn't tar. I think he played like high twenties snaps against Vandy. And in fact, there was like a rumor that he wasn't even out there. And I like, know he was out there. He played, but it's just he wasn't thrown to. And I don't think he was targeted last night either. And so that's interesting. Cam Brown's getting most of the outside targets now, and he didn't do anything with it either. So man, did I? I mean, you know, I got to call. I got to be honest and. <clears throat> We talked a lot of, about a lot of things that we hit on 100%, the Keontae Scott punt return, McLeod, sure. but I missed and missed big on my assessment, my hypeness, and my overexcitement about Cam Brown and what he was going to become at Auburn so far. Well, I mean, and I that's just, me with hooks. I missed yeah. big time on hooks. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, <laughs> thought this dude was going to be a difference maker, was just locked in on him, and man, I, I, I missed. I mean, I missed bad.
<clears throat> so yeah. far. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if he sticks around. You know, got plenty of reasons to stay. I can't imagine a whole lot of folks being in a situation to to hop him on the depth chart, but who knows? Who knows? I think it's going to be a wild offseason. But all in all, dude, an, an awesome, an awesome game. Let's highlight a few things where, like, need for improvement. I, I think Peyton Thorne, all in all, looks great. I think it's the same against Vandy last week. There's just, like, one throw, one or two throws every game where it's like, what are you doing? Right? The I hate to say this, but mm-hmm. 12 of 20, let's do his adjusted completion rate. Should be 15 of 20. Should Easily. Absolutely. Yeah. It might be better. You know, we're, we record this before, like, a lot of the PFF stuff comes out, but, like, it may be better mm-hmm. than that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but yeah, that pick was bad. Like it's hard to really justify that. But outside of that, I felt really good about that. And you know, his ability to run the football, it still doesn't seem like defenses are ready for it, even though he's done it so much now. It just doesn't seem like defenses really focus on him as a threat. I don't know if it's because they're selling out for Jarquez and Damari when they're in or what, but that's been great. Um, outside of that and the Cam Brown drops, I'm really happy with pretty much. Pretty yes. much everything that I saw Saturday. The, the, the way he runs the ball is not only underrated, but so important because at some point in the game, later on in the game, Auburn can go back to that RPO, and this time the defense will key on Peyton Thorne, and that's when you'll see Hunter and Austin yeah. and, and Batie get some good runs, and that happened in this game. Arkansas started to collapse a little bit on Thorne, and overplay him, the edge guys, and then he just handed the ball off, and Auburn got some big runs. Jarquez Hunter is now 20th all-time in Auburn rushing yards. He passed 2,000. Only 20 players in Auburn history have 2,000 career rushing yards. He has 2,008. So uh, next up is uh, Lionel James with 2,068, so he'll probably pass him against New Mexico State. But props to Jarquez Hunter. Um, I think he's been awesome down the stretch. And I put this up at auburndaily.com, but when you look at what Auburn's done on this winning streak, now at three games in a row here, I think you can make the argument that they have the best rushing attack in the SEC right now. Yes, and that's their identity. And that, mm-hmm. and, and they've got the best rushing attack, and I don't think coincidentally you've seen Thorne getting more efficient and playing better to go along with that rushing attack. I think the two are right. are, are are linked. And so, you know, is there going to be a game where Auburn's rushing attack's going to bog down? I don't it's not going to happen Saturday, but let's say it happens in the Iron Bowl where Alabama's defense, you know, keys and Auburn stays around 100 yards on the ground, can Thorne eclipse that magical 200-yard passing mark to make the difference? I think the more he plays and the more he's not looking over his shoulder and the yeah. more su- success he has, that could be feasible in the Iron Bowl. Right. It may have right. to be. They may have to be. couple things to, to look forward yeah. to. Daryl and I, we will be reacting live Thursday night after Auburn plays Notre Dame uh, up in Brooklyn for Auburn basketball. And then depending on win or lose, we won't know exactly what time they play on Friday, but we will go live after that game as well. And then we'll go live Saturday after the New Mexico State game. So three live shows in a row uh, for me and Daryl Daprich. And also Daryl will be on the show Friday as well. So I'm going to work. And I'll be covering that in Mexico. Yes. And I'll be covering that in Mexico State game at Auburn from the press box. So I'll be there live. I want to. I want to just say one quick thing. We really get to enjoy now as Auburn fans that we haven't for a while. 
is the is the feeling of already being bowl eligible and only being able to improve on that. The yeah. bowl hierarchy and the bowl preferences right now for Auburn continues to get better after each win. And think about this. Arkansas will not be going to a bowl. Vanderbilt will not be going. Mississippi State, if they lose to A&M, will have to win out with Ole Miss on their schedule. South Carolina has to win out with Clemson on their schedule to go to a bowl. So Auburn already slots itself. Don't you agree, Zach, that right now, or if they take care of business against New Mexico State, especially if Florida loses to LSU, Auburn is a more desirable bowl pick than Kentucky, uh, you know, Florida, perhaps even AM, if AM starts its downward slide, that, that just keeps putting them in the in the pecking order going upwards in this bowl projection. I think so. I mean, I think what happened last night kind of assures you you're not in Birmingham. So I think Auburn fans can have a sigh of relief with that. Yeah. I mean, the two that I'm kind of eyeing right now. The Music City Bowl, which was a great time last time Auburn was there. They destroyed Purdue. And then one that's I always enjoy watching. I, I don't think Auburn's been there since it became this, but the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Like those are the two that I'm kind of looking at for Auburn right now, as far as okay, this is this, I think this would be a nice place to kind of park and um end your season. End your season either in Nashville or Charlotte. Those are probably two places that I would probably take my family to, you know, for a few days. Like I, I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be great for the fan base. It could improve though, because here's the deal. This is so much fun to talk about, and it's because we haven't. If Alabama and Georgia both get in the playoff, which is feasible, mm-hmm. yeah. now you start going and Auburn becomes SEC number five selection, SEC five. Only Missouri, Tennessee, you know. Uh, A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, th- th- actually it would be number six, but they may jump over Texas A&M. That gets you even well, better. Well, they may jump over Texas A&M, and then if if Alabama wins the SEC, I think they take Bama and Georgia, right? Correct. Right. Then and, you get Ole Miss, LSU, and ten- and maybe even Tennessee with the loss they had against Missouri, they fall behind Auburn. But either Ole Miss or Missouri, I guess it would be Ole Miss, they're going to Sugar anyway. Right, right. So, so you start. You. you can get up into that maybe that you know outback cotton bowl text. I mean, there's a different. It, it just it becomes more yeah, desirable. I, mean, I, you go I don't want to go to the outback bowl, but I get it. Like it yeah. is a better bowl game. I you totally go from get the it, eighth or ninth selection, which is what we were looking at, to to sixth, and that matters. That's a lot better bowl game. Mm-hmm. Especially when you look at all the preseason stuff about how Auburn. I mean, all these preseason power rankings had had Arkansas and Mississippi State better than Auburn, like for a big chunk of the season. Yeah, and we're sitting here like, hold on, let us get through these four brutal games and actually play teams that we've got a shot at beating in year one of a new head coach, and then finally, like it all evens itself out, right? It all evens yeah. itself out. I mean, the realization all these Arkansas people had that they're like, oh, we are Arkansas. We are actually these things that people say that we are. Like that was beautiful. Like it was such a nice feeling because a big narrative that's popped up is like Auburn's Auburn. And it's like, well, that's not like that's not what you're like that what you're saying isn't what you mean. Right. Right. I mean, I mean Auburn's a place where you can certainly win. So it's been nice, Daryl. It's been nice to kind of see that evolve over the last month, just because so like so many people counted Auburn out and like some people are going to roll their eyes at this, like seven and five is not good. Like whatever, like, but everybody said you weren't going to do that. 
And so all, all the right. folks that listen to this show that I was saying, hey, bet the over on six and a half, like good deal. Like I, I, I just, I don't think Auburn, I think Auburn's farther along now than many people thought they would be uh, mm. at this point, which is a win. And we which can is go a huge win. And, 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 and <laughs> some more positive news. And when you come off a win and you, your program continues to ascend upwards, we can end this show with the news that Jamonta Waller has just flipped from Florida to Auburn. The five-star recruit. He just announced Mississippi it. has just announced it two minutes ago. And that's why I was thinking, hey, let's just stay on a little bit longer and see what, what goes on. But he has told Hayes Fawcett that he has flipped his commitment from Florida to Auburn. So that's a nice way to finish up and uh, bookend this night for Auburn and this recap. We get Auburn gets a five-star commit to flip from Florida. Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? Follow me at DAP6410. You're going to catch me a lot on your show next week and then Monday morning and Tuesday afternoon as well. So I'll I'll do like your mom said. Mom Blackerby said, get some cough drops. She told us for Friday show when I was struggling to get through, I'll get my cough drops so I can talk as much. Yeah, be sure to check out out all of our stuff at auburndaily.com, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.